This is a podcast from Minute Media. Nah, it's <laughs> <laughs> it would be a wolf, but eh? Morning, wherever you're listening to, watching us, Wolves Fancast on YouTube this evening, a part of the 90 Min Network and our official sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. I'm going to be your host tonight. It's Little Dan, and tonight I've got with me four fantastic guests. We've got our usual tactical analysis, Gully, with us, um, Dan Lawless from West Ham Fan TV. And if you haven't seen on our social media this week, we've got two uh, very special guests, starting off with, as you've seen, Reaper. The law of this jungle is sold and as real as the sky. And a wolf that abides will prosper, but a wolf that breaks it will die. The hour for the pack is out tomorrow, and you've also got a signing day event at Molyneux. Do you want to just quickly run us through what how that's going for you? Um, all good to be fair. Um, buzzing. Um, obviously, those of you that don't know Wolves Records, Wolves are starting a faction, um, delve the hand into the music scene. Um, luckily got chose local lad um, got chose obviously I've been doing music for quite a while now um, and it's bared fruit to be fair so when um, Wolves Records obviously called me up um, signed a record deal um, we're just going to smash it you know what I'm saying put Wolves on a map in the music world you know what I'm saying we've already got a Premier League team let's have a Premier League rapper now you know what I'm saying so tomorrow is the official signing party um, if you're local get down to the Molyneux North Bank come and have a bevy that's it come and have a dance that's it man the tune the Packers uh really struck a chord with a lot of the Wolves community. Obviously, they played just before kick-off most weeks and the, the sort of the video with all the Wolves players was was a nice touch, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a good buzz, man. Obviously, it means a lot. Um, I'm from down the road, you know what I'm saying? I'm from Heath Town. I'm a local lad. Um, so, I think it coming from home, you know what I'm saying? Coming from someone from local, um, it resonates with the fans quite a bit, um, quite a lot, to be fair. Um, so, it's worked, you know what I'm saying? And obviously, it plays um, before the players walk out. It's a good tune-up, man. It's a good tune-up. Get your hyped up and whatnot as well. So, yeah, it's a good buzz, man. And obviously, like I said, it means a lot to myself, means a lot to the fans. And um, hopefully, it gets the players buzzing and raring to go before the matches. And as our YouTube viewers can see to the left of him, we've got Wolves, West Ham and England winger Matt Jarvis. I'll just play a little clip of a couple of his goals. Adrian with a long free kick. Flick on by Maiga. Taylor on the turn, finds Jarvis, who finds the net, and it's one each. Ten minutes to go, Tottenham one, West Ham one. O'Hara, it's towards Berra, and Jarvis! What a fantastic finish from Matt Jarvis. Wolves are in front of Villa Park. You're back on the Wolves fancast. I'm not sure whether this is your second or third appearance, but I'm just saying for our rivals now, if we do another a charity match, Matt Jarvis cannot be classed as a ringer. <laughs> what? what? Well, it's nice to be back anyway. <laughs> it's, it's, good, it's good to have you back. Uh, you'll definitely be a good addition to our playing side when we do our next charity match, hopefully at Molyneux again next summer. Um, let's just quickly get to it because... 
Wolves and West Ham haven't really been great, but the last thing any of us needed was an England international break. What was what was your thoughts on the last couple of England performances, Matt? Um, yeah, like everyone, I'm sure you're just a little bit disappointed in the results, but it's just it's going into the tournaments. That's what you you're, you're looking at performances to see, right? Yeah, really looking good looking forward everyone's excited going into it but you haven't really got that buzz at that at the moment um i think before the euros we had that everyone was was really looking forward to it there was a bit of the unknown everyone was thinking oh we could do well but we're not getting our hopes up whereas this time you're expected to do well and everyone's looking at it going results haven't been great performances haven't been great not sure southgate's picked the right formation the right team i think it's it's <laughs> It's not been a brilliant uh, international break. So I think everyone's just looking forward to get back to watching Premier League football again. Before I come to the rest of you guys, I just want to ask a question to Matt, just from my own sort of personal preference. What, how would you have felt being in Ivan Tony's shoes, Matt, if you got called up for that squad and you didn't feature? Obviously, it's an absolute privilege to play for your country, get called up, but to then have that taken away, what sort of effects that going to have on Ivan Tony? No, look, he'll be absolutely delighted to have been called up. He, his recognition for his performances this season, well, and the previous seasons, but to just be involved in the competition is, in in the national team is amazing. Um, yes, he'll be disappointed that he didn't get on or get an, a chance to to show what he can do before, you know, ultimately it's the World Cup. But he can still look uh, and be proud and and pleased with being in the squad and, and if he continues to, to score goals like he has been, then there's no reason why he can't get back in again. What was your thoughts on the England performances, Dan? Obviously, Declan Rice featured. What was your thoughts? Um, yeah, um, before I get into that, nice for you to play that that Spurs clip, bringing back good memories. So I appreciate that. Very good memories <laughs> from uh, any time, you know, we beat Spurs, especially at White. It's always a good one to score, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it's definitely a, a special fixture for sure to score in. But uh, yeah, England-wise, like I said, um, Declan Rice, <clears throat> you know, just a, a quality player. And I think he's really showing in these performances, even when England hasn't played good, um, just how crucial he is to the way England play and the, you know, our overall performances. And I, he was definitely one of the best players against Germany. Um, but yeah, I think... You know, as Matt says, you know, you want to take a little bit of momentum, a little bit of positivity into the tournaments. And I mean, look, it's two really big teams, tough teams, Italy and Germany to play. But overall, sort of the, the playing style, it hasn't been so enjoyable to watch uh, for me, like especially that, you know, the, the highlights I got to see of the Italy game and see the whole game. Um, Germany game was a bit more entertaining. But yeah, it doesn't feel with confidence for the tournament. But, you know, when when those tournaments happen, you know, anything can happen. I think England have got a favourable group and it's all about that running for the knockout stages. And I think um, for Southgate, I think this this is going to be crucial how England do in this competition to, I think, a lot of the perception people have of him. What's your uh, current thoughts on Gareth Southgate, Reaper? Um, he's done his job. Um, you know what I'm saying? He, I like when he first started... Um, the whole agenda brought the youth through, changed the culture of the football. Um, it was very flat before, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, the system's changed, players, a lot of players retiring and whatnot. Um, but he's brought the youth through, you know what I'm saying? He's changed the culture of the game. I think it's hit, hit a bit of a plateau um, in terms of, obviously, what's he trying to do? Where's he trying to go? What's the direction now? What formation do you play? Who do you play? 
Um, you know what I'm saying? We bring 50 defenders into the squad and it's like the same ones get played and the same ones are making mistakes. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, it, it, it's techy at the moment. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, do you carry on? You know what I'm saying? Do you have faith in him? Do you switch things up? But I'd see, I'd see it through. I'd see it through. You know what I'm saying? Give him the World Cup. See it through. See what we can do. Uh, Penny Lawless in the comments uh, has commented first time that England have been relegated. If that's a family member of Dan's, can you just drop a quick like in the bottom left of your screen? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's my mum. Yes, Mumsy, joining us on the Wolves Fancast. Pleasure, pleasure having you with us tonight. Um, as I said before, the last thing that we needed as the football fans of our respective clubs currently was an international break because we just need we need Wolves and West Ham both to be backfiring down with Dan. It's, it's a big game for both sides this weekend, but game week nine starts off on Saturday with Arsenal versus Spurs at 12.30 on BT Sport and there's an absolute multitude of three o'clock. Bournemouth at home to Brentford, Palace at home to Chelsea, Fulham at home to Newcastle, Brighton travel to Liverpool, Southampton Everton and then obviously the half hour kickoff, which we'll be talking about in a lot more depth, West Ham versus Wolves, which is on Sky Sports Sunday and Monday followed with other fixtures, specifically uh, Man City uh, at home to Man Manchester United. If you were going to put your money on one team to win on Saturday, Reaper, where's your money running at? Ah, man. Hmm. Saturday's fixtures. Got Arsenal Spurs Saturday. Well, where's your money there, Reaper? Arsenal Spurs? Because I'm, I'm a massive... Uh, how do I put Arsenal, this? I'm, I'm massively negative towards Arsenal. I still think they're gassing a lot of people. You know um, is this, is, this is probably their second biggest test of the season, isn't it? After their recent defeat to Man United. It is, man, but they're giving that um they're giving that um the unbeatable feel at the moment. But Sons just woke up, hasn't he? Sons just woke up. He does this, he does this every season. He's quiet the first few games. Me like an idiot. I took him out my son's dream team thinking, yeah, is it a bit of a plateau? Him and Santa have been doing nothing, but all of a sudden he scores an actric out of nowhere and you know what it's like, once he gets going, he's going. So it, it's gonna be a good match, it's gonna be interesting, it's gonna be interesting. I can't I can't call it, you know. I'll be honest, I can't call it. I wanna sit on the fence. Um, I do like the way Arsenal are playing at the moment, but like I said, Sons just woke up and obviously you've always got the threat of Kane, haven't you? So, yeah, man, it's going to be a good one. Uh, Gully, obviously you're a massive fan of um, Brighton's new manager. Do you think he's got much of a chance away at Liverpool on Saturday? I mean, it's a bit of a baptism of fire, isn't it? Um, Bringing him in uh, to to that kind of fixture, obviously. He's had a couple of weeks with the team, um, international players uh, notwithstanding, but... I think it's going to be an interesting time. Brighton is such a well-run club. And um, I think it's it's a good place to go into and try and embed your ideas. He'll be kind of cut from the same cloth that Graham Potter was and um, potentially be even more exciting in terms of being a bit more of a front foot manager. His Sassuolo team was really kind of well thought of, um, played out from the back really, really well. Um, and, you know, gone on to build some really good... Pedori, the one who scored the winner against England, I think was at Sassuolo uh, under Roberto De Zerbi as well. So should be an interesting uh, game to go and watch that one. And you wonder how they actually uh, set up away from home because I think uh, last year maybe they, they they did a good job on uh, Liverpool um, and I think they got away with a draw maybe. But um, yeah, I always like watching Brighton play anyway. The big fixture on Sunday, Man City at home to Man United, obviously Man City... I wouldn't say tourist to shreds, but it was a comfortable 3-0 win for City in the end. What was your thoughts on Wolves' performance against Man City? 
Look, I think anyone playing against City at the moment, you know, you're keeping the numbers down. Uh, they're, they're just so impressive. They really are. Every, you know, you look at, at Haaland and you just think, you keep him quiet. He's only had five yeah. touches, but he's, but he's scored two goals. And you're like, how, how has he done that? You know, he's, he's, he's so impressive that if it's not him scoring, you know, you just look around the team. You've got De Bruyne, who's world class, probably the best player, the best midfielder in the world, easy at the moment. Um, and then you putting out your left back, who's putting in worldy crosses. It's just the, the whole team and the, the style of play. It's so hard to play against. You know, you look at Man United, are they going to try and sit back and soak up pressure and have the counter-attack? But you can't soak up pressure for that long because they, they will find a way through. And especially with Haaland, he'll be desperate to score in this game. So um, Wolves, Wolves did extremely well to, to, to keep it down. And even that, it wasn't like um, it was going to run away. It wasn't like going to be three, four, five. They did They did very well to... Um, to keep it such a, you know, I wouldn't say a, a nice score, but um, you know, the, the 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 way Wolves are playing at the moment is, it's just not scoring. They do everything else that's so well drilled, fluent passing, midfield wide, and it's just putting the ball in the back of the net, which is everyone is struggling with at the moment. You know, West Ham as well. It's uh, it's it's clearly like like what you just said. We're struggling for goals. What's what's your sort of um, opinion on Pedro Neto on being an inverted winger for Wolves this season? Obviously, you excelled for it on the left for us back in back in the day. Pedro Neto recently sort of stuttered on that right wing. He's either struggles to put in a decent cross, or he cuts back in on his left to, and slows down the attack. It's a bit of a conundrum for Bruno Pedro Neto at the moment. Yeah, look, I'm a massive fan of Neto. He was he was a massive miss when he was injured, but seeing him back fit is is brilliant. But he he just needs to get consistency, come playing games, get his confidence back. I me, I I love to see wide players stay wide, put chalk on their boots, and and take players on and either get crosses in or or get shots on goal. But it's that new role of that inverted winger. It's not quite a wide player. It's not quite a midfield player. Where does that fit in the system? And I think for him, not having that goal scorer in the box as well is maybe him thinking, well, maybe I need to come inside a bit more and maybe have a few more shots and get involved in that little bit rather than thinking I can stay wide, I can put crosses in to, for, the, for whoever's going to be in the box to put it in, in there. Um, which for me, you know, I, I, was, I was fortunate. I always had a centre forward in the box, so I was always able to get the ball, get wide and then put, put any sort of cross in, whether it was hang one up or whip it in, in near post. You're always going to have someone in the box. I think that's where at the moment Wolves don't really have that. Obviously, you've been to a few fixtures uh, at home this season, Reaper. What's your what's your general sort of thoughts on how how we've played? Is it is it more than just needing an out and out striker, or is there something else that we're missing? Um, the football's very flamboyant. Wolves play very attractive football. It's it's nice to watch at times. Um, it's just getting caught out. There's no sort of umph, um, no sort of nitty gritty. Like I said, it's very flamboyant. Obviously, there's a lot of Portuguese players on the pitch. They're very attractive on the ball but like you said there's like even when the ball's getting thrown in the box there's no threat in there sometimes he's dropping out to Nevis he's having a goal which you expect but again there's no sort of aerial threat there's no sort of dominant figure in the box to sort of sometimes you just want to flip in go and have one you know what I'm saying go with someone to go and head the ball um so yeah I think it is the I think it is the striker problem as well um yeah it's difficult obviously at the back um it's a whole new back three 
Um, they're very young, very inexperienced, but they're getting used to each other. You can see the building, the camaraderie. So I've got faith in those at the back, um, Kilman, Collins and Ran. Um, I've got faith in those guys. Um, yeah, but I think it's just the initial sort of up top, getting it in there, sticking it in and someone to just pop it in sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Because sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need that. And like I said, the football's it's playing, it's, it's getting up top, getting it in the last final quarter and it's being popped in and around the box, pass, 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 pass. And then it's a crap delivery or the delivery's going and it's coming to nothing. So yeah, we need, yeah, just need to get that sorted really. That's it for me. What's been your thoughts, Dan, on uh, on Wolf so far this season? It, it seems to be like you're having a bit of a, uh, what's the, how do I put it? It's not a, a mental sort of lapse in regards to after the back of the Europa, like Wolves did a couple of seasons ago. You have, you have that sort of those Thursday nights constantly where you're raising your game, the adrenaline's high, and you guys seem to be on having sort of the the, the aftermath of that. It's coming back to bite a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one because you look at it, you know, it's not just this season. You look at the league uh, second half of last season from January even, you know, I think our performances in Europa League sort of uh, distracted from, you know, how we were actually doing in the league. You know, we'd, we'd, we'd have a great result on Thursday and we'd be terrible on Sunday, but we wouldn't really mind because all eyes were on, you know, Europa League and now you actually look at it and it starts to get a bit worrying um, the fact that we've had this time off now over the summer and hopefully to recharge our batteries and come back in and, and go again and we just have not got going at all and like you know similar as you got not been you know really struggling to score goals and um, three goals we've scored all season in the Premier League which is, uh, you know, really shocking for us. And, you know, we, we didn't really used to have much problem scoring goals. And we've got all this attacking talent spent, you know, £170 million and it hasn't got going. Sometimes it takes longer to click, but it's the performances of the players that we've been able to rely on in the past that have really hurt us. You know, Suchek, you know, has, has fallen off a cliff. Jared Bowen someone who was unbelievable last season. The, the numbers he was putting out, I think it was only Salah, that had more goal involvements than than Bowen last season. Um, and yeah, he's just, you know, really been off the ball. So when some of your your key players drop off, it, it just affects the whole team. And we haven't got to that point now where we can get the new signings in and going for, for whatever reason. Moyes doesn't feel they're ready uh, and hasn't really been playing Skamaka, for example. You know, the first time we've signed a striker since, you know, we sold Allaire. So, yeah, it's, it's, it, is, it is quite worrying. And this is a fixture that I'm really looking at now to see, OK, I want to see something. Even if it's not the result, I have to see that Moyes is trying something, changing the personnel up and, and actually getting us looking good because it's not even that we've been unlucky. Most games, apart from Nottingham Forest, which we ended up losing, we've been poor just like for, for at least half the game. So... And we tend to start really poor, which I don't think helps us at all. You know, we're always starting from behind. So, yeah, that's, I think, been been quite difficult for us. Um, and I know Wolves, for, for yourselves, last season, you know, you dropped off quite massively. And we, we was on the show before, Dan, you know, talking about yeah. where, you know, we've done these European shows, uh, this race <laughs> for Europe, and, and you guys just dropped off where you was nipping at our heels type of thing. And I was looking over my shoulder thinking... Wolves are going to overtake us here and, and nick this seventh spot. 
Um, but your result... we, had, we had those conversations like every week down. It, it was Wolves was just there for the vibes on those episodes. Yeah. We in Europe, but there were so many games where it, it was just West Ham and Man United were just opening the door every week for Wolves to try and jump in, and, and we just fold in the end. Is there any sort of what? Where does David Moyes' sort of job security lie at the moment? Have the fans started to turn at all? I think a lot of the fans have started to turn. The owners have given them the noises out of like, okay, yeah, he's 100% safe. So I feel like it's 50-50 or at least 60-40 in Moyes' favour at the moment. But each game that goes by, it starts to turn a bit more. And it's not so much because you look at it and you go, right, okay, in the grand scheme of things, he has done a very good job at West Ham. He come in, we was in a relegation battle. He kept us up. We ended that season really well. Back-to-back Europe, very good. It's just frustrating when uh, some of the decisions that are being made and the the sort of lack of willingness to change things up. Like I said, with, with Suchek and Bowen now, two players who have been out of form and you think, well, you know, try and let's get someone else in, give them a rest, put them on the bench and, and give someone else a go. Um, and he just keeps playing him week in, week out. And then you've got someone like Ben Rama, who's been probably our best player this season, who just gets dropped, you know, for no reason, seemingly. Um, you know, creativity-wise, goal threat-wise, every time he comes on, he looks like our biggest threat. But he can't get a consistent run in the side. So to fans, it's it's that. It's not so much, OK, we've lost a couple of games. It's the, the the loss of faith in the fact of, OK, is he going to be doing everything it takes to, to turn that around? And I think if we play against Wolves on Saturday, Bowen's still in the team, Suchek's in the team, even Sue Fowl is dropped off. And then it's business as usual, crap performance, potentially a loss or a draw. It's, really, it's going to start to turn even more and people are going to really have to question him. So the pressure is definitely piling up. I've seen a lot of um, posts on social media this week. Gully saying that this has got a, a nil-nil written all over it. Is there a, a team you'd prefer to play over than West Ham at the moment? Probably, maybe I'd say Leicester, but I'd probably still prefer West Ham to a degree. You wonder why they've picked it for TV, to be honest. Um, I think both teams have scored three goals each uh, so far this season. So it's not going to be one that's going to be drawing the masses to their TV screens. But um I, I don't. I wouldn't look at West Ham as a team who are going to be a soft touch and who you, who are going to roll over in the hope that you need a win. I've never seen them like that. They're probably not playing well enough to go out and beat teams at the moment. But I, I don't necessarily see them as a team that you're going to turn up and think, you know what, we should be winning this game. It's going to be tight. Um, neither team is going to want to give an inch because they're both you know in the same boat essentially. Um, yeah, like you say, a team like Leicester who you know. Are quite deficient defensively. Um, you might want to have a go at them, um, but the very least you expect from a David Moyes West Ham team is that they'll be relatively resolute. You know you're going to have to work hard to beat them, and that's probably where you know it, we find it hard enough to score goals as it is, and um, and that's where it, uh, it it could prove problematic for us. But like like Dan said, I think we need a slight change up in our lineup and and, and set up as well. And I think we need to see even an effort from Bruno to kind of break the kind of hoodoo of us going forward at the moment. Because at the uh, as much as you know, he needs time to embed his, his system, his players, and you know, we've had quite a few late signings join us to, towards the end of the transfer window. You know, there's too much talent in that squad to not go out and um, you know create more chances than we are at the moment. Is it a matter of? Uh 
points of a performance for both sides on Saturday, Matt? Yeah, definitely. I, I don't think any fans will bear the performance if they come back with three points. That's it. That, I mean, that's that's football at the end of the day. You can you can like it and be an amazing performance and, oh, this is great to watch and then come back with no points. No one's going to like it after a few weeks and massively both teams need points. So I think, you know, both teams will be just wanting to scrap through a 1-0 win and that'll be it. I, I, I can't see it being a nil-nil. I've, you know, there's so much on offer. Both teams have got incredible talents and benches now. You know, you look at West Ham, it's the first time they've been able to have a proper spend in the transfer market for a long time. Um, you know, I think that was crying out for them in January, really, um, which is a shame for, for them because I think that's where they would have been able to cope with the Europa League and the Premier League at that point. But I think now... The, the problem with Moyes, what Moyes has got now is he's he's used to just having a small team, pretty much like like Wolves, to be honest. They, they, they have their settled side. They know who's playing. They know the system. But now he's both, you know, they've got a squad of players that all want to be playing. It's now keeping them all happy. And that that's the hardest part of it. One of the biggest decisions that Bruno is going to have to make on Saturday after the recent sending off of Nathan Collins at home against Man City. We did a poll on our Twitter earlier today. Who needs to play next to Max Kilman in the centre-back partnership? 77% of you voted for Toti Gomez over Yerson Mascara, Ruben Neves or reverting back to a, a back five. What was your thoughts on that, uh, Gully? That 77% was quite a landslide. Yeah, I think because we've seen Toti uh, play towards the end of last season and look really quite comfortable, to be honest. Um, it was... it. Once he got into the team, uh, I think it was um, injuries or, or say it's going to African Cup of Nations, I think at the time, that kind of gave him that opportunity. He looked good. Um, and then, you know, he, he got pulled out. And yes, he hasn't necessarily got that much experience at this level. But we've never let the side down when he's played. Or I think last game of the last season, he played against Liverpool. And he looked really good. Um, he's mobile. He's absolutely rapid. Um, went into the getting across the ground. And that's something that we haven't had it set her off for God knows how long. Um, I can't even think who would be in the last quick uh, set her off we've had. So it's a, it's a bit of a commodity in that position. And yeah, I, I just think because people are a bit nervous about Mascara having not seen him play um, at this level, Totti's just a, a quite straightforward answer. Obviously, we uh, had our conversation offline, Dan, if we just quickly look to our screens uh, now. Just want to run through the team that you picked there, Dan. Obviously, Emerson, Ogbon, Azuma at the back uh, with Kera. Obviously, you've got Fabianski in goal. Yeah, that. I mean, this was obviously you messaged me and you said team you'd like to see versus team you think you'll see. Now, I, I've gone for the team I want to see. I can't predict the team that I think we'll see at this time because I think there's just so much up in the air with certain players' performances and to think, if I can't, I have to believe Moyes is, is going to change things up. It's just which players he'll change. But this is the um, lineup that I want to see. I think uh, Bonner, he's got, he started to get his fitness back, started to look look really good in the uh, in Europe. So I think him coming in on that left side, he's a proper left side, his centre back, and having Kura, who's been playing there, he played right back for Germany against England and looked very good. One of their best players, I thought on the day and because Sufal 
you know, has been quite poor. So it gives us an opportunity to rest him and, and give him something to think about. Uh, Emerson, I think, uh, you know, Croswell is, is sort of coming to the end of his of his sort of time as a, as that first choice left back. I think, you know, he's, he's, he's about 32, 33 now. And I think Emerson's looked good every time he's played. Uh, Rice goes about saying has to be in there. Uh, Paqueta, who I think Moyes signed to be a number 10, but he, you know, plays an eight for Brazil quite a bit. Uh, it gives us opportunity to drop Suchek. Paqueta has not just the creativity, but he's good defensively, but, it's his passing ability where Suchek is quite weak when it comes to passing and progressing the ball. So having mm-hmm. Paqueta there, Rice being able to hold and, and do maybe more defensive duties, Paqueta focus on progressing that ball, Ben Rama there, him being able to play with Paqueta and, and feed Skamaka as well. Both of them feeding, I think that would be, you know, excellent. Skamaka, uh, who has looked very good, even when he hasn't scored, his movement, ability to read the game, looks absolutely quality. Cornet, Every time he's come on, he's been an absolute threat. Uh, just needs to to get to grips with the offside rule. That's the only thing I'd say about him. But um, yeah, I'm I'm really liking what I'm seeing with uh, Cornet so far, and it's got that injection of pace that we needed. Uh, Antonio, who's uh, traditionally is a right winger when we signed him, he, that was his position. So I think the opportunity to put him back on the right. Um, him getting some crosses into Skamaka, but the ability to cut inside and maybe make some runs and get them and score some goals as well. Um, them two on the pitch, you know, is, is something I'd definitely like to see. And it gives us a chance to, again, drop Bowen and, and rest him and see if he can reevaluate where he's at. I think that that is the dream side for me. I would really like to see. I can't I see Moise is going to go 100% with that, but I'd like to think that it would be close. Yeah, we had that conversation. That lineup for Wolves that you can see on your screen, obviously, if you're an audio listener, you see the team that I've decided. They've got Nelson Samado at right back due to the poll. We've went for Totti and Kilman at centre half. Uh, Johnny left back. Matt, those wingers they've got there, Dharma and Neto. If you're Diego Costa, is there any other wingers or attacking players that you'd want feeding your crosses than those two? Adama to Diego Costa seems a match made in heaven to me. Definitely. The, that's the thing I was saying earlier about if if you're playing with wide players, you need a central figure that's going to be wanting to demanding, demanding your wide players to be putting the crosses in. And if you've got Neto and Adama wide and Costa in the middle, it'll be it'll be silly to try and keep coming inside and playing these intricate passes. And that you just want to get wide, give it to them, get space, run it at fullbacks, put crosses in. And you know what Costa's going to do for you? He's going to cause mayhem in the box and gonna try and unsettle everyone and and he's a he's a good finisher so you know that if 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 Wolves play with them two wide men and Costa up top I think that's that is um a very uh, positive reaction to to the uh not scoring enough goals for sure but I, give... I'm a massive fan of Pedence as well to be honest I really like Pedence um so for him just being in behind would would have that that link play between Costa just being your central figure and, and Pedence just roaming and, and getting into them little areas. We, we've, I've said it numerous times, having a gully, you can back me this, that Daniel Podence is basically me on acid. So, him in that number 10, him in that number 10 role, feeding Adama, Neto and Diego Costa, it's it's a dream for me to watch. I, I, I love Daniel Podence that much, but I still thought it was an absolute ridiculous decision by Bruno to start him as the, the, the central option for that game against Man City, even if we sort of had counter-attacks. He just wasn't that 
that right move in the central area against Man City, was he, Gully? No, it's 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 quite unfair on him, really, because you, obviously you've got more natural wide men uh, playing in those positions. Guedes, I think Bruno's really trying to force him into a bit of form almost, you know, just by continually playing him. Um, but he's not looking likely to, to score. I think ultimately our forward line is just so shorn of confidence at the moment. Probably Pedenta side. I think Pedenta still manages to get on the ball and, and do a little bit, but it, you know he's on a hide into nothing as a false nine. I just think you know his best form, even in the previous shape, uh, was kind of close to a front man uh, in and around the box. And you know, if we hop back to kind of Diego Costa's uh, best days at Chelsea, it was linking up with Eden Hazard that that really kind of brought the best out of Hazard as well. And um, so you know maybe there's uh, some fruits to be kind of bore from a relationship between those two. Um, so it's exciting. Um, you know, on paper, both of those teams look like really good attacking lineups and, you know, it, with a really good game in prospect, it just seems to be the case that the the management of both teams are intent on making sure that it's it's not quite that game at this moment in time and three goals scored each uh, tells its own story, doesn't it? Based on that lineup there, Reaper, any change that you'd suggest? Um, I think... Traore has to start, you know, he showed a lot of potential in the last game. And like I said, I think Wolves have been lacking that sort of oomph, that sort of, that warrior power. You know what I'm saying? The football's very flamboyant. It's very soft. It's very delicate. So we need a bit more oomph in there. You know what I'm saying? Someone to get stuck in. Um, I'm all for Adama starting, all for Diego Costa saying, again, they're those kind of players who are going to, you know what I'm saying, go for someone Adama. I think Adama has to start every game for me. He's not that. He's not um, a bring on last 10 minutes, last 20 minutes player. You need them on. Make the runs, go at players, you know what I'm saying? Get yourself a goal up or two. You know what I'm saying? And, um, yeah, start start Traore, start Traore in there, man. Like I said, we need that bit of oomph. And I think that last game, when he come on the last sort of 15, give me, give me, he's giving me Yaya vibes. He's giving me Yaya vibes. I, I, I see Yaya in him, man. So I think he needs a bit, a bit more of a run out. But apart where's, from that, yeah, spot on. Where's your concern, Dan, looking at that Wolves lineup that I've predicted in, in more in hope than actual uh, <laughs> happening? Yeah, I mean the the midfield is 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 going to be a tough battle. I think with Nunes and Neves, um, you know, a lot of players have Rice and Neves, you know, get mentioned a lot in the same conversations and comparisons and things like that. So I, th- I think that's going to be a tough battle, but it's going to be very interesting seeing for me what shape Diego Costa is in fitness wise. Um, he's a striker that I was a, a big admirer of last time. You know, when he was at. Chelsea really rated him. He's been linked with West Ham several times. And it's one of those, like, the story is, is going to be focused on him on that day. And it's going to be, you know, Sky Sports. Everyone's going to be waiting for him to score. Uh, it's just going to be a case of how fit is he? Is going to be, you know, back up to speed with things in the Prem? But I am worried just because it just, something about it just feels like he's going to score. It, Dan, it, it really you've, you've got to show him that picture of him in his flip flops. Um, it's uh, if you want to it's know what it's a massive Diego... ask. It's, it's a massive yeah. ask for him to <laughs> to be on form straight away. Massive ask. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's, he's played a competitive fixture. Is it since November? Something along yes. them lines. I think he's he's been a free agent since January, but I don't think he's played competitively since November. But the day he signed, he said he needed two to three weeks to get back to fitness. He's had two. He's got to at least be given an error on Saturday because if we start up front with Daniel Pardens as our focal point, 
I'm just going. I'm going to put flipping goggle box or something on because I ain't watching Wolves. I can't. I can't watch Daniel Powders be told to to play a target man, hold the ball up, and bring everyone else into into it because it's it's just not his game. I absolutely love Daniel Powders, but he, he needs to be one that we get the ball to, and then he makes things happen. Me and Dan Lawless had a conversation in the uh, the DMs map before the uh, the episode this week, and we, we both decided that we're going to need some extra strength crowbars to get you off the fence to predict a result, but you're going to have to. <laughs> and Matt, right, I'm, yeah. I'm telling you now, last, last time you came on, you predicted a, a draw on this show, and I saw you on a West Ham show predicting a West Ham win, so I want a proper prediction this week. No, uh, if you think on, West Ham are going to win, yeah. Matt, you say it on you the must... Wolves channel. <laughs> you must have seen me on another programme saying that Wolves were going to win as well. I had to keep changing. Um, that t- To be honest, this game is all about just the points. So that I don't think it's going to be a com- com- uh, particularly exciting game in the sense that it's going to be the performances going to be out there. I think, Dan, when you said about Diego Costa, what shape he's in, it's written in his stars for him to score. It's a massive possibility for me. Um, but the thing is there, with that, I still with that don't, I still well. don't. Sorry, sorry, Matt, to jump in. Is it made for him to score this weekend or next weekend away to Chelsea? It's a big one. Yeah, but he'll, he'll want to, he, he'll, in his head, he'll be thinking, I need to play this weekend to give me any sort of, like, fitness and everything to get myself going ready for that game because he's not going to want to do that one as the first one and be look terrible or rusty or he's, he's just not gonna not gonna fancy just showing up at Stamford Bridge or and uh and not performing so um but going back to your thing I I gen- genuinely I won't be saying on any other things but I I, I a draw is is just written all over it <laughs> Whether it's a one-all draw, because I can't see it being nil-nil. There's no way with all of that talent on show. I know both teams have not scored many at all, but it can't be a nil-nil. It's got to. It's got to be more than more than that. So I will go with a one-all, and then I'll say that for the whole weekend. Now I promise. <laughs> my, my concern is, and I'm and I'm hoping that I'm wrong. I'm, I'm hoping Wolves will will nick a win on Saturday, 1-0. But I also feel, with the way that we've been performing recently and the amount of pressure that's on Bruno Large, if Wars were to go 1-0 there and I could see us folding and that might be the end. I'm not sure what your thoughts on that, Gully. Uh, I don't know. I, I think the, the way we played against Man City, having gone down to 10 men, was actually pretty good. And that, that spoke to me that, you know, they're not necessarily, you know, not playing for the manager. Um, and that's that's always the first worry. You always see you always see little signs, don't you? That you know the players aren't quite buying into the manager's thoughts and feelings. Um, clearly, we're not playing on top form. But if you look if you look back at that game, there's so many times that we broke the press of Man City. They weren't comfortable until they made a few substitutions. Um, they weren't really happy with the way that Pep was pretty animated, as he tends to be. But um, you know, I, I don't think they were necessarily that comfortable at kind of 1-0 in that game. So, uh, 2-0, sorry. So, yeah. It, I don't think we're that far down the line yet. Wait, what's your actual score prediction now, Gully? Um, I think I'm going to go 1-0 Wolves because uh, I, I live in hope. <laughs> Can't fault you. Can't fault you. We all live in hope at the moment. Reaper, what's your uh, score prediction for the match on Saturday? Um, it's going to be a tight one, isn't it? You know what I'm saying? I'm hoping the Wolves win. 
Um, I do agree with the draw, so I'm going to say a 1-1 or a 2-2. And on that note, I've got to get off because I've got rehearsals. But I am going to say a draw, lads. I am going to say a draw before I get off. See it, Liam Bagnall in the comments. See you out here in this jungle. Come on, Jake. Hey, hey. I'll see you tomorrow then, lad. If, you, if, if that's how you're feeling, I'll see you tomorrow. Come and have a drink tomorrow, boys. And yeah, like I said, if any of you guys can make it, it'd be wicked to see you. Um, down at the Molyneux, you know what I'm saying? He's at home. Come and get warmed up before the game, you know what I'm saying? On, on um, Saturday, yeah. I'll catch nice you all one, later, Reaper. Thanks. Lawless, what's your score prediction? <sighs> Mate, you know what? What you said earlier about uh, if we score, heads drop, uh, things like that. I'm looking at that similar way. I think the team who scores first is going to win this. If you score first, I think the stadium will turn. The atmospheres will, will get very tense. I think the players will feel it. Um and I think that will be game over, honestly. We've, we've, and, and it's it's weird because under Moyes, we've really come back quite a lot from from going a goal down and gone on to win games. This season, we just have not been able to do it. We go a goal down, and it's it's game over. Most we've been able to salvage, it, it, you know, is a point in in certain games. But yeah, I think that is going to be critical. Us getting that getting that goal first and, and stopping Wolves, and I think that's probably probably adds to the wisdom of of bringing on a Costa early on and trying to just get the most out of him even for like what even you get the first half and you can get something out of him and get get him on the score sheet then take him off you know and rest him and and you know much better than sort of bringing him on in the last 20 or last 30 get him on at the start and get him to just you know go all out um but for us I'm thinking look we're at home uh a response is needed Moyes knows he's under pressure. I think the atmosphere is going to be quite good at being a 5.30 kickoff. I think the fans will be up for it. So I can see, I think, a 1-0. Uh, the Wolves-West Ham games are hardly really ever good. Uh, every Especially the ones I've been to the Molyneux, like nearly every time we played you since you come up. And oh, just and, and the games you come to us, and they're just some of the worst games. <laughs> for some reason, we just don't gel well for entertainment. But um, yeah, I can see... I'm going to say a 1-0 West Ham, I think. And I could see... I'm going to be hopeful and say Skamaka is going to be on the score sheet. He needs to get he needs to get him in that on that Premier League uh, score sheet or Cornet. But yeah, 1-0 West Ham, I hope. There you go, everyone. Dan Lawless from West Ham Fan TV has predicted West Ham 1, Wolves 0. All of us else lie in hope that Wolves can finally get back onto a, a winning run. Matt, as I said, thanks for joining us earlier on. Do you want to tell the uh, viewers about Family FC, which you unveiled this week? Yeah, it's uh, it's something I've been working on for the last few years. It's uh, it was a shame that we couldn't get it out in lockdown, but um, it's uh, it's a Family FC. It's basically it's spending time with your family, whether that's your mum, dad, granny, granddad, nan, aunt, whoever, just playing with the kids, learning football. Uh, it's from four to twelve years old. It runs with the national curriculum um, and it's just a fun way of being able to learn and enjoy spending time with your family so check it out that's it familyfc.com and obviously download the app at all the relevant platform places uh, recently we did a uh, shirt competition which we said if Diego Costa started against Man City we'd give away a new Wolves away shirt it's probably a bit hopeful in my um, in my mindset at the time but on Saturday we're rolling over the competition if 
Diego Costa or Yerson Mosquera feature in the game, we're going to be giving away a new Wolves away shirt. All you have to do is retweet our latest pinned tweet on our Twitter page at Wolves Fancast and follow Wolves Fancast. And if either of those situations happen, we'll give away one lucky away shirt to a, a winner. Thanks for joining us tonight on the Wolves Fancast Match Preview, part of the 90 Min Network and our official sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Thanks, Matt, for joining us, Dan. Hopefully your season starts uh, well, continues to do well, but not on Saturday. And Gullet, you'll be back in the middle of next week, hopefully with a tactical analysis of how Diego Costa is back. Enjoy your weekend, folks. Up the Wolves. <laughs> Who would be a Wolves fan, eh? <laughs>